What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and I'm joined here over the phone with my good friend, Kelvin Del Valle. Kelvin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, no problem. Anytime. Good to be here. So we're going to table the NFL draft discussion for next week because this week I just wanted to focus on the NBA playoffs. So there's a lot of action going on, and there was some excitement in the first round, but I can definitely sense that things are starting to heat up at this point. So uh, tonight, as we're recording, one game happened, Portland and Denver, and Portland took game two, evened up the series, uh, and now there are three three series at 1-1, and the Golden State Warriors are the only team that have a 2-0 lead over the Rockets. So what I thought we'd do is just take it series by series now that we've seen two games from each team and kind of talk about uh, who we think is going to win and then especially name the um, X Factor, our X Factor for uh, how we think this series is going to turn out. So since this game just happened tonight, let's go ahead and talk Portland and Denver. So, Kelvin, do you want to tell me some things that you've you've seen from this that maybe surprised you, maybe didn't surprise you? Uh, just kind of give us your thoughts on the series up to this point. Oh, man. Uh, it's funny you mentioned it. I actually just finished watching it um, about, I don't know, half an hour ago, an hour ago is when it ended. Um, I saw a lot of positive things from Portland. Uh, they showed that they can win when Damian Lillard is not really doing that great. He only had 14 points. Um, but McCollum came through in the second half. I think they have a lot of good wing, a lot of good guard play. Um, on the other side, I think Denver is good as well. Uh, the problem with Denver to me is they just don't have the experience. They don't have, I don't think they have the leadership yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're growing. They got a bunch of young guys who are ballers, who are athletes. Um, but I think Jokic has to take a different step, not in terms of basketball. I think in terms of just being a more vocal, bigger leader presence, and that's what I think they're they're missing. Um, I have Portland winning the series in six to begin with. Um, I'm doubling down on that pick. Still, uh, it's hard to win in Portland unless you're the Warriors. Seems like in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I like I like I like Portland in six. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with your point on, uh, you know, the the inconsistency from the Nuggets players. I mean, on any night, Jamal Murray, uh, Gary Harris, Jokic, they can go off, but it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, one one is picking up the slack for the other. Like, it's just very inconsistent, and, um, you know, there's just not a lot there. Uh, but I, I definitely agree also with your point about Damian Lillard and the fact that, you know, we weren't necessarily sure if Portland was going to be able to step up without, you know, if Damian Lillard didn't go off because he definitely carried them, you know, in the first round over over the Thunder. But now that we get into this series and we see, you know, he put up 14 points, but the team really rallied behind him. I think one of probably the best offseason, or not offseason, midseason moves that's kind of underrated, maybe not talked about, uh, but was getting Cantor from, you know, the buyout with Cantor and him signing with the Trailblazers because, you know... Yep. And now that now that Nurkic went down, Cantor's definitely getting it done offensively. Maybe not as much defensively as we'd like, but you know that going in, he's going to be a guy that can can score. And in the first game, he was he was definitely very effective. And I think he's probably, in my mind, that key piece to you know the tipping point in the series for uh, you know for the Blazers. But tell me, if the Nuggets have a chance, what what's going to have to happen for the Nuggets to to take this series? Yeah, uh, on your cancer point, I think it helps them on the on the rebounding side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Portland when Portland goes small, they don't really have anybody really to match up 
in terms of Jokic and, and, and Paul Millsap. So having cancer and then helps him on the rebounding. But look, if Denver's going to steal a game over there in Portland, um, I don't know. I don't know. We got, we got to find out what happened with Jamal Murray's leg today. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can if he can be consistent, I need I need some consistent play out of somebody else that's not named Jokic or Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Gary Harris is is uh, is playing good defense, but I'm not getting the offense from him. So I think it comes down to Mike Malone. Honestly, he's got to make some type of in game adjustment to get the ball more to Jokic. I think that I think the offense runs too much through Murray, um, and that just might be me. I, man, I'd run my entire office through. Uh, Jokic has got to touch the ball a couple times before mm-hmm. you get a shot up because of his ability to pass and look. Um, and, and if you can get it to him in, in the high post or the low block, just let him go to work. I mean, I, I live by the, the theory, if I lose, at least I lost with the ball in my best player's hands. And yeah. So, Jokic is their guy, and I think they they try to run too many things outside of him. But I think he needs to be touching that ball a lot more. Mm-hmm. Paul Millsap needs to play like he's worth the money they paid him. Yeah, because he hasn't he hasn't been anywhere either. Mm-hmm. So I think Denver has a great advantage on the inside because it's really just Cantor in terms of big men, and you know you take Jokic and Paul Millsap over. Whatever the the Blazers were throwing on the other end uh, on the on the front court, mm, so those two sure. those two big guys those two big guys got to be good. That's when Denver's at its best, right? When those two big guys are are making moves, that's when they can dish out to the shooters, and then Denver becomes very dangerous. The problem is they haven't been doing that, and they try to get their guards involved. It's already late in the game, and the big men can't do anything. So um, maybe Isaiah brings that spark. But I think they've got bigger issues with their star players than uh, than anything else. Yeah, no, I I mean, because thinking about power forwards for the Blazers, it's Zach Collins, Myers Leonard. I mean, and then you have Cantor at the five. Not a lot of defensive guys. So, I, I mean, I, that seems like the most logical thing to do is run it through your four and your five, and you know, let them go to work. Uh, but but transitioning here to the other side of the the West bracket, we've got the Warriors and the Rockets. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the Warriors and the Rockets, um, especially after game one with, you know, what's a foul, what isn't a foul, when shooting a three. And then the Rockets brought up, this is what I want to cover first, the Rockets brought up a, a, a report from last year's game seven of the Western Conference Finals where they believed that they were, were robbed out of, I think it was 18 and a half points. There were 81 calls or missed calls in that game, and they believed that they you know, missed out on their chance to go to the NBA finals. So what was your initial reaction uh, reading that? And, you know, was it, 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 for me, it kind of feels like that's, that's long gone. You know, that's something that happened in the past and they're just kind of bringing up bad memories, you know, or just whining and complaining as opposed to hunkering down and beating them, you know, this year. Uh, yeah, my initial thought was maybe if you don't miss 27 straight threes, you're probably playing in the NBA Finals. So at some point, we look, I, I love the Rockets uh, in terms of a couple guys. Chris Paul is my favorite player. Um, I've always tried to play basketball like him. I've looked up to him in a bunch of different ways. But he hasn't, he hasn't been showing up. Obviously, I wouldn't blame last year, you know, because mm. he got hurt. Yeah. Um, but good grief maybe if you make two threes you're in the nba finals um so i hate 
for them to bring business back up from last year, especially when they're down 2-0 already now. Um, if they don't win a game, if they don't win both these games in Houston, I mean, I already think it's over. Yeah. But if mm-hmm. they don't win both of these games, it's definitely over. They got to win both of these games in order to make a series out of it. Um, I don't know, man. They they, they got to stop complaining to the refs so much. I understand there's certain rules, but the problem is that Harden, unfortunately, and a lot of the guys there, since they shoot a million threes, mm-hmm. they have they have gotten this reputation of looking for calls and begging for calls and flopping and throwing limbs in the air. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm perfectly okay with the referees setting a tone very early in the series and saying, look, we're not going to call that stuff that we called on a Tuesday night in Memphis in January. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I, I, I like what the referees are doing. I think the Rockets need to chill out. And let's be real, they possibly could have won both of these games. Oh, yeah, no question. If maybe their mentality was somewhere else, especially game one. Um, especially also considering that Steph and Clay are not playing their best basketball. Mm-hmm. It's literally just Kevin Durant that's mowing them over. Yeah. And they're too worried about the referees. Uh, they haven't figured out that Golden State's a little more vulnerable than my people might actually think. Uh, and that might as well just cost them a series. Yeah, and I mean, another thing to really point out is that obviously James Harden has been you know, otherworldly this year, putting up 36, averaging 36 points a game. But it seems like this postseason he's kind of struggled to hit the three. I mean, obviously, you know, he uh, there was some stat out there that I remember from game one where he's, he only had a handful of, of wide-open threes, and all of his threes have been contested. But for some reason, for me, it feels like he's never been able to get a high volume of, of shots in at any point in in the the postseason i mean they've obviously been able they won the first round uh against the jazz but i'm still kind of waiting for that that 50 point outing from harden that we saw in the regular season i mean obviously uh he's gonna have a tough job you know being guarded with the likes of of draymond green and andre guadala but are we gonna see another one of those 50 point triple double games from james harden or is he just burnt out from this this whole season of work well, Houston better hope they get something like that because um, they're, they're in some deep trouble. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, man. The, the, the thing, I need to see the point guard Harden and not the shooting guard Harden. Um, again, the problem with this is that there, he's got the reputation as well as not being very good in the playoffs, right? He gets mm-hmm. the second round and then it's just over yeah. for him. Um, and so... I hope we see a 50-point outing. I'd love to see a 15-16 assist night outing. Yeah. Um, because, my goodness, Houston, when they get going, they might be the most explosive team in the league. So it's it's tough to want Harden to do everything one-on-one, but one-on-one, unfortunately, has never won playoff games and has never won a championship. So it's going to come to the point where he's going to have to realize I know I can get my bucket when I want, but the Warriors know that. So I have to get other people their bucket in order to open up the game for me. And that's when Harden's at his best, right? When he's when he's dishing out 16, 17 assists and mm. dropping 35 at the same time. Yeah. The problem is it's just been Harden scoring 35, 40, and everybody else is just playing one-on-one. Yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like. You watch the, the Rockets-Warriors games. Every every offensive set that James Harden's in the game, it looks like everyone's just screening for him. 
and rolling. It doesn't look like, you know, there's not a lot of movement on the ball. uh, And, I mean, you can't beat the Warriors that way. I think the best way to to beat the Warriors is play their game, you know, and they have a team that can shoot threes, move the ball, which is, you know, embedded in the Warriors' DNA. And, I mean, I agree with you. If the Rockets can't move the ball, then I don't think they're going to win this series. But as we let's kind of move to the Western Conference Finals. Right, so you're you're saying you're saying that the Warriors are are likely going to win this series. Yeah, I mean it, it would take a miracle uh, that Houston has to win both games. If mm-hmm. they win both games in Houston, talk to me in a week and a half, and we can reevaluate that. Yeah, uh, but also Curry's got a dislocated finger and a sprain on the other one, so James Harden's eyes are messed up. There's a lot of things going on in that series that could go crazy. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the moment, yes, if I had to bet, yes, Warriors. And, I mean, does that basically, you know, can we assume that that means that the Warriors are going to make it to the finals again? Because, honestly, in my opinion, I don't think, if the Rockets don't beat the Warriors, I don't think Portland or Denver has a chance to beat the Warriors. I just don't think it, it's possible. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it would take it would take Damian Lillard going off like crazy every night. Um. And if it's Denver, see, see, here's my thing. Uh, first, it's tough because I think Denver could have a slight advantage if they played it right. Yeah. I don't think anybody over there, if Jokic could put in his mind and Malone could put in his mind, you are literally unstoppable against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. They could have a shot. Um, I don't know. Because I, I think... Denver could play the Warriors game as well, right? I've always said for the last couple years, you can't bring shields and armor to play the Warriors. You just have to bring more guns at this point, right? You just have to outpower them at some point. Mm. Uh, They killed the Spurs, who've been good at defense. They killed the Jazz, who've been good at defense. They've killed all these teams in the playoffs over the last few years that have good defenses, right? So at this point, it's just bringing more guns to the fight. And I think Denver has enough shooting to do it. Um, and I think Jokic is a huge mismatch for the Warriors. I just don't know if he's there and that team is there yet. Um, that being said, I'm going I'm going against myself because I have Portland winning the series. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's, 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 it's tough. I think the Rockets might be the best chance, though. Yeah, and the thing that doesn't make sense is, you know, especially now that Cousins is out, why are they not running through Capella more? And, I mean, especially when you get to – you know, Portland or Denver, whoever the the Warriors play, I think, honestly, one of the best things to do is just pound it inside. Because you look at, I mean, Cantor's a great offensive player. Jokic, we know, is a great offensive player. And you have Capella, too, with the Rockets. I think, uh, I mean, you have the threes, but if you can develop a strong inside game, that opens up so many more opportunities. And, um, I mean, I, not, you know, I, I feel like the team's caught a break in a sense. Uh, you know, obviously... DeMarcus Cousins' injury was, it was very disappointing for him to, to end his season. But if, without Cousins, I don't think any team stood a chance. But now they, you know, the door's kind of open a little bit. But, I mean, at this point, it's really hard to tell because even with Curry and Klay Thompson banged up, the, the Warriors just don't seem to be struggling at all. Like, you know, mentally, they seem to be, you know, having been to the finals the last number of years, they, they kind of have that mentality of don't get too high, don't get too low, just stay level which has really helped them so far in this playoffs with the, the difficulties that they faced. Yeah, you, you make a good point. Um, 
you see, and the thing is that if you're Houston, you're not you're not asking Capella to score forty points a game. Exactly. You're you're just trying to at least show the Warriors that you're willing to put the ball in the paint, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, it'll draw somebody else. I don't know. It's tough, and this is why I said maybe if Denver had it all together, right, mentally, uh, and I guess physically, I don't know if they'd be healthy going into that series if they do win, but if Denver had it all together, they have the pieces to oh, beat yeah. a Warrior team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, because none of their big men can take on Jokic, and they have shooters like there's no ending. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Houston has some reorganizing to do with how they're going to play the Warriors. Yeah, definitely. But let's go ahead and switch over to the East. Okay, so let's uh, let's start with the the Bucks and the Celtics. So the Celtics started off the gate uh, very strong, winning the first game, shooting over fifty percent, and then the script flipped in the second game, and the Bucks looked dominant, and the Bucks shot over fifty percent, and the Celtics shot around thirty three or thirty four. So no one really knows what to expect. I mean, we've obviously heard coming into the series, it felt like the Bucks were the favorites. And then after game one, the Celtics said, hey, we're still here and we're still a great team. And then they kind of took a step back here. So what are what are your initial thoughts uh, from this series so far from what we've seen in the two games from these teams? Um, my pick is still the same. Even after game two, I like Boston. And probably six. I think Giannis is good enough to win you maybe a couple games. Mm-hmm. Um but I'll take the better coach, I'll take the better organization, I'll take the better roster, and I'll take the better closer, probably the best closer in basketball in Kyrie Irving. He didn't have a good game in game two, mm-hmm. but Boston went over there and said, we at least got to get one. Yeah. Um, that being said, you can come back now to Boston, and you can win the series in these next four games. So I think now it comes to uh, – Boston really regrouping and, and, and getting things back together from game two. Um, Tatum hasn't been playing that great. He's got to be there. Yeah. Obviously, Ky- Kyrie can't have a horrible night like he did a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still think Boston wins the series. Um, I just It's hard for me to trust Milwaukee at the moment. Yeah. Not because of Giannis, just because I can't see myself winning an NBA title with Chris Middleton as my second best player, yeah. and that's not a knock on that's not a knock on him or Eric Bledsoe, I guess I could say. But um, until proven otherwise, I'm going to go with somebody that's been proven and that has been there. Um, I like I like my chances with Kyrie closing out a lot of these games mm-hmm. than I do with with Giannis or Eric Bledsoe or somebody else like that. So I guess those are my initial thoughts on the series. I still take Boston in, in probably six, I say. Yeah, and, and there are there are a couple things that happened in game two that I think it's safe to assume is not going to happen the whole series. First off, the Celtics aren't going to shoot uh, 33% the rest of the series. I feel like that's, you know, you just had an off night as a team. Another thing that's not going to happen, Kyrie's not going to shoot four of 18 like he did. You know, he'll pick it up, he'll rebound. And then the third thing that's definitely not going to happen is Chris Middleton is not going to shoot seven of 10 from three every game the rest of this series. So as much as, you know, it's easy for me as a Celtics fan to say, oh, this was a fluke, I feel like it was. You know, the Celtics did not play their best game, and it seemed like everything was clicking for the Bucks. I mean, you take out the third quarter, and it's a closely contested game all the way through. They just kind of fell apart. You know, I think it was 16 or 17 possessions with a missed shot, which is ridiculous. But 
the the X factor in this series for me has to be Al Horford. I mean, obviously, like you said, Kyrie is a phenomenal player. He can close out games. He can give you 30 points. And he's shown that he can move the ball and be a great teammate as well. But the defense that Al Horford played on Giannis in the first game was incredible. And he's also been scoring, too. Because if you think about it, Brooke Lopez is not going to be able to stop Al Horford in the post. Al Horford is like the old guy at the at the uh, the rec center. He's got too many moves. He's just he's too smart to to be guarded by any of these Milwaukee bigs. And so if he can continue to play defense on Giannis, which I think they've been playing him well. I mean, he scored twenty nine in the, the game too, but. Uh, you know the way that they're playing him they're they're really forcing other guys to step up and yes Chris Middleton did step up in this game but are we going to see that the rest of the games so yeah I mean I'm with you there I think it is Boston in six just because I mean right now I hate to say it you know we're missing Marcus Smart with an injury but having eight solid guys on the team really opens it up for everybody else because when Marcus Smart was there it just some guys weren't getting enough minutes to start to feel comfortable and like you said, we still haven't seen Jason Tatum come out of his shell yet in, the, in hardly in the playoffs. And so, you know, there's, there's so much so much that, yes, we've been playing well. Yes, we swept the Pacers. But I feel like we haven't seen the best Celtics basketball, which is kind of scary if I'm, you know, Milwaukee. Yeah, I think, I think Al Horford, where he, where he makes a difference here is defensively. I think he's, he's very smart mm-hmm. uh, with how he does things. Uh, you you made the analogy to the old guy at the rec center in the gym. It's just kind of like you hate playing against a guy because you don't know, like you never know what could happen. Yeah. And so, um, and we saw his defense in game one was almost impeccable. Yeah. Um, and, and it helps get you on those runs. It helps, you know, the, the team sees that, mm-hmm. um, especially coming from your good grief. How many years? 13, 14 years. So, something like that. Yeah. So, Something like that. Yeah. So the young guys, the young guys feed off of that. Um, and if only, if him and Kyrie can stay consistent, and if Tatum can find his shot, uh, this, I mean, it could be, it could be sooner, even before six. Mm. I think it's just a matter of them, of them getting, getting that, that Boston Celtics basketball back, back together. Um, Brad Stevens has does an, an unbelievable job in putting guys in the best positions. He's probably one of the best play callers out of timeouts I've seen, mm-hmm. and and that's another reason why I love Boston in the series. I think I have a better coach, and coaching does matter to people. Um, and so I I like the little pieces that Boston has more than than maybe what Milwaukee has in terms of talent wise. If you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so so transitioning here the other side we've got the Sixers and Toronto so they're split even as well uh Philadelphia technically has home field advantage or home court advantage but what have you seen in these first two games from these two teams uh Jimmy Butler has to be good and he has to be really good in order for Philly to win um I I am it's hard I've got some theories on Philadelphia I'm not 100% sure they're built the right way. Um, I think if you put them on a piece of paper, they probably have the best starting five in all of basketball. I agree, yeah. Um, simply because, and I only say that just because the Warriors have really no big man. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that starting five, Ben Simmons, Reddick, Harris, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, I mean, that, that thing should be winning 
titles right mm-hmm. um but i don't i don't know how well built the sixers are i have them winning this series just because i think talent wise it met it, it over it trumps the talent that that the toronto has um i think Kawhi is a mismatch problem but i don't trust kyle lowry i never have and siakam is great but he hasn't done anything either mm-hmm. so Kawhi is really the only guy there and if he goes off then you know we saw what could happen in game one but if it goes back to Philly I think Philly might win both of these games at home um Jimmy Butler has to be Jimmy Butler that we saw in game two yeah and if he can be if he can be that good this series is over uh pretty quickly um I don't think Kawhi was ever happy. I think Kawhi is gone. I think he's going to come to Sunnyside, California. <laughs> but anyway, that, that's a topic for a different day. Um, but I do think that, that Philly at the moment, just because of talent-wise, uh, I think they have I think they have the best chance to win this series as well. Yeah, and I, this is pro- this is going to be the first time that I'll disagree with your stance uh, for that reason that you gave, and that I don't think Jimmy Butler is capable of being that good to win four games uh i honestly having Kawhi leonard uh on your team takes so much pressure off of the other guys like you said siakam and kyle lowry uh marcus Saul. but I, you know i feel like getting marcus Saul, getting Kawhi La- uh Kawhi leonard those are two guys that have that playoff experience that really was lacking and so now if i'm siakam if i'm lowry and i have a bad game i know there are two solid veterans that have been in that situation before and are going to come through for me um i i honestly feel like you know regardless of jimmy butler's phenomenal game i i I think that their win in toronto was somewhat of a fluke Uh, i i think that the uh home court advantage is going to swing back to toronto they're going to split the games i think it will go seven but i think the raptors are going to win just because they have that experience I think throughout the season, you know, like you said, hypothetically, this should be the best team in basketball in the, the Philadelphia 76ers, but we haven't seen it. You know, like their, their starting five is, is great, but then you get to their bench and you've got Boban Marjanovic, you've got TJ McConnell, and then who else do you really have? Who else, you know, can contribute on a consistent basis? Uh, but with Toronto, you know, you have Fred Van Vliet, you've got Danny Green. There's another guy who's got a lot of experience in the playoffs. Uh, you, you've, got those, you've got those solid guys that I think that's what tips the edge. Because if you look at their core, their star players, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, don't have a ton of experience. I mean, they, they made it to the semis last year where they lost to Boston in five. But other than that, they haven't really tasted true playoff experience. And I think that's why um, I give Toronto the edge in this one. Yeah, uh, my my point was very driven or driven on Jimmy Butler being that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, because Joel Embiid has proven to be almost unstoppable for a lot of human beings that want to play basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you get a guy that's seven foot and has the footwork that he does, um, he's pretty unstoppable, but this game is a game of wings and, and shooters yeah. and, and attackers. Right. And that's what Jimmy is. Um, and so we saw how well that team can play when he gets going. Um, I'm going to give a little hot take here. Okay. If you don't mind. Uh, no, go, go uh, by all means. My, I was talking about how Philly's not built correctly. Mm-hmm. If I was Philadelphia, let's say I lose this series, I strongly consider trading Joel Embiid. Wow. And the reason the reason is, I don't think him and Ben Simmons play as well as everybody makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. First of all, 
um, neither one of them can shoot outside of 16, 17 feet, and Ben Simmons can't shoot at all. Yeah. But the way the NBA is going right now, and unfortunately Steph Curry has done this to the NBA, the way the NBA is headed, I would much rather have Ben Simmons having the paint to himself, not having to share, and dishing out to all the shooters that Philadelphia has, than clogging up the paint with Joel and Ben Simmons trying to figure out who's going to score a layup. And so that's where I think their problem could be. Um, if you watch some of the highlights, there's moments where they, they almost run into each other in the paint because they don't know which one is going to take the layup or which one's going to take the little the little jump hook. Yeah. Because they're both limited to that one spot. So if you're if you're right and Toronto does win the series, I think if I was Philadelphia and the way the NBA is headed right now, I would strongly consider trading Joel Embiid and seeing if I can get another shooter, some draft picks, something big out of him. Yeah, I think I think that's a valid point. I, this is kind of a make or break year because, you know, Jimmy Butler's going to be a free agent. Tobias Harris is going to be a free agent. What do you really have to offer them if you say, hey, we'll make it to the conference conference semifinals back-to-back years, but, you know, Milwaukee's great, Boston's great, Toronto's great. Who knows if we'll make it past one of those guys next year? You know, so... Th- oh, and, this, and, and, and this whole trust, the process, the process is over. Yeah. Right? right? You mm-hmm. mean, you're, you're already... You're already you've been processed and yeah. you are now at the top. You got the team. So, so now it's a matter of staying there and there's no more growing pains and there's no more doing this and doing that. You, you've got your five, you, you stated, you've got some of the best players in basketball. Now it's time to do it. There's no more. It's, it's a process. Don't worry about it. It's Philadelphia. Um, now it's time to make moves and stay at the top because, the way the NBA is going, like I said, it's not built for, I think, how the Sixers are built at the moment. I just think they have enough raw talent to be able to get where they are right now. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I'm going to add on to your hot take, I think, and say that, that wherever they end up this year, wherever the Sixers end up, this is the highest that they're going to go. This is their peak year, and after this, it's not going to be what it was. I think something something big's going to happen because they can't you know, financially keep a team like this together. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think it's a good series. But let's go ahead and jump to the conference finals. So, hypothetically, I mean, we're both in agreement on the Celtics. But what do you, what do you think is, is going to happen, you know, when it comes to the conference finals? How, how is it going to shape out? Um, man, uh, it's tough for me to put, not put Boston in the finals. Um, again, I have troubles. I mean, we just mentioned it. I have trouble with Philly, and I have trouble with with the Raptors simply because I think it's just Kawhi or bust. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, it, it's tough. Uh, it, it's interesting. It, I think it might be whoever comes out of that Boston Milwaukee series. Yeah, I agree. Um, Boston at this point has owned Philadelphia, so I don't think that would be a good matchup. Um, I don't know what their series and series looked like with Toronto. That'd be interesting to see. Um, I don't know how well they've matched up with them. But I think, like I said, if I put a gun to my head, I have to bet. I'm probably taking Boston again for all those reasons that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. If Milwaukee somehow finds a way to win it, I think I could see them beating either the 76ers or the Raptors. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I I think that the winner of that of the Boston Milwaukee series is probably going to go on to the NBA Finals, just because I yeah I don't I'm with you there. I don't trust the other two teams on the other side. I don't think that they have the ability to get it done. But all right, so let's say hypothetically, you know, that that side makes it, or just in general out of the Eastern Conference, it's kind of it's it's Rockets or Warriors in my opinion. I think the Portland or Denver has a chance if Houston wins, but if not, I I mean it's going to be tough. But out of the four teams in the East, who has the best chance of of ending the the Warriors' run? If if we're you know assuming that the the Warriors make it all the way, who who would you take out of these four? Um, man, uh, at this point, it's just a matter of how many bodies can you throw at Kevin Durant until he stops shooting the ball. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think Boston has enough wing players and bodies to throw at Kevin Durant to give him the, the different amount of looks that you want to give a guy like him. Yeah. Um, we've seen Doc Rivers do this multiple times. We'll hear he'll put a smaller guard on Kevin Durant just so he's, cause he's not used to having a little guy guard him. So it, psychologically, whatever it may be, it's just a matter of throwing guys at him. Um, mm. I think Boston has enough guys to do it. I think Kyrie and Steph match up very well. Um, I think Boston has the team to do it if they can get it together, if they're clicking. Um, again, if Philly were to make it or if Toronto were to make it, I think it's just a bunch of talent that won't know how to beat the Warriors. Um, I think if anybody has the best chance, I think I'd give it to I think I'd give it to Boston um, to beat the Warriors and that's it, it's gonna be a tough thing either way for either one of those four teams left. Um, you know, you could make the argument for Toronto. You could have Kawhi guarding Kevin Durant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then, what do you, what do you about the, what do you do about the, the two greatest other shooters in NBA history, right? Yeah, Stephen exactly. Clay. So, the Warriors are a seven-headed sword, seven-speared sword. I don't know how how you want to say it, but mm-hmm. they got a lot of ways to attack you. But if you can, if you can throw bodies at Kevin Durant, um, I think that's your best chance of winning. So I think Boston has enough bodies with Tatum and Brown and, and Hayward. They can throw a bunch of bodies at Kevin Durant with it. Morris as well Yeah. Um, in order to at least try and neutralize them if you can in any way. Well, yeah, and, and honestly, looking at it, at least in this in this playoff so far, every guy on the Celtics has been able to defend. I don't think anyone's been lacking in that in that sense of saying, oh, they're just an offensive player. But, you know, Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge have done a good job of getting guys who can – compete on both sides of the ball i mean we've especially seen it from Kyrie in this playoffs i think he's definitely ramped up his play you know because he he knows that without marcus smart there he has to act as that that motivator on defense too and i think he's done a fantastic job of that um i mean i i do have a lot of bias in in this area but i agree with you i think that this the celtics match up the best on paper because you've got you know for for uh for clay thompson you've got jason tatum you've got jalen brown you've got marcus morris Gordon Hayward, same for Kevin Durant. And then on Steph Curry, you can throw Marcus Smart there. You can throw Kyrie Irving. You can throw Terry Rozier. I mean, they've got defenders 12 deep, guys that can come in and, and shut down Semi Ojale, a guy we don't hear a lot about, but a fantastic defender. Um, but they can also shoot. And so I'm definitely excited to see you know, how this is going to end up. I think it's going to be a fantastic playoffs, probably one of the 
one of the best in recent years because at this point we've got four NBA Finals talents, you know, in uh, on on either side on either conference. Uh, so I'm excited to see how this playoffs is going to end up for sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be interesting down to the stretch. But the NBA is praying to the Lord Almighty that it gets interesting because their ratings have been down. Um, granted, a lot of that has to do with the Warriors just killing everybody and LeBron not being in the playoffs, right? Mm, yeah. Um, so for the NBA's sake, they hope that this gets very interesting, that we get some long seven-game series, um, that there are no more blowouts. Uh, it could be very interesting. This next week and a half is going to be a lot of fun when it comes to basketball. Yeah, no question for sure. Uh, well, Kelvin, I want to thank you for, for being on the podcast. It's great to have you. Great to talk to you again. Uh, yeah. for, uh, and, do you want to go ahead and, and plug your, your radio show? Oh, yeah, sure, of course. Uh, so um, we have a radio show. As a matter of fact, we are rebranding. We have a new name. Uh, we got a new logo. We got some stuff coming out. Um, we are now called Inside the Game. And uh, I host it with a buddy of mine named Alan. We are live um, every Thursday for two hours from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So right during your lunch break, the perfect time for you to, uh, for you to check us out. Um, you can watch us on Facebook. The uh, Facebook page is Joko Community Radio. That's where you can watch the live stream. Uh, we just fixed our phone system, so you can call in the show now. Um, a lot of exciting things are happening. You can also listen to us on TuneIn Radio. Also type in Joko Community Radio. Um, we, we use a radio station to do our show. So it's now called Inside the Game. We're excited. Uh, Johnson has been there as well. He is. He's on. He's been on the show. Um, so he knows what it's like. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, fantastic setup and some great guys to to talk sports with. So I would definitely check it out. Also, we've got new blogs coming uh, on the website www.notgonnaliepod.com. We've got T-shirts for sale. We've got stickers for sale. Uh, but be sure to to stay tuned, and we'll see you next week.